Wonderful to see you, and uh, I thought, Chris, you could do the preach if you wanted this morning on, uh, on the book of Ruth, but it's wonderful to be here. Um, on Thursday, I got to the prayer meeting late due to all the floods and the trafficking. I think it was on Thursday, whenever it was, and walked into a prayer meeting where I've seldom felt such a sense of faith. Um, and uh, sometimes prayer meetings, you're just grinding through and you're just working through, but on Thursday, in that room out there where we pray, which we have done for 40 years in this church on a Thursday night, there was the, the atmosphere was electric for, for the youth camp and uh, our young people. And um, I love the generations. I absolutely, I felt God say, shepherd my people to the grave. Don't neglect anybody in the church, the gray heads, um, the in-betweeners, the busy business people, the moms, the dads that are paying their bonds, school fees, running businesses, and, um, but we also love the youth, amen, and this is their church, and um, I was looking at the riots in France yesterday, and the riots that happened in America, um, the chaos in the world, um, and while all this is happening, people just throwing cars off balconies, and looting, and going wild, I feel God saying, as much as they're agitated, I will, I will save the young people. I will move amongst the young people, amen? Often when you see something in the world, you've got to look for what God is going to do somewhere else. And I feel that um, God wants to raise up an extraordinary generation of young people that will do radical things. Uh, young boys and girls, young teenagers that will uh, go on to do extraordinary and wonderful things. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the book of Ruth. Thank you for what you're doing in us. And um, won't you teach us and disciple us this morning? We know we sometimes just want good stuff. We just want blessings and sweets and dessert. But sometimes you want to give us meat and you want to grow us. And sometimes you want to um, cut away the rubbish, Lord. You want to be our, uh, like a husbandman, a great farmer that comes along and cleans out the yards and fences up and prunes and fertilizes and and uh, does some work, amen? And so I want to speak to you this morning, if I could, um, out of the book of Ruth. Uh, we started, actually, I started Ruth at the Skokheim camp, and uh, we've done a four-week series, so it's one plus four, and it's just like we, we don't feel as an eldership team that we should just end it. There's too much in, sh in four short weeks, and so we're extending it a little. Um, what we're going to do next week, I don't know, but... Um, I want to speak to you this morning about grace and faith working together in the book of Ruth. And so remember this is a, the context of this very quickly is the book of Judges. The book of Judges was after the book of Joshua. Joshua died. He challenged the people. He said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And everyone said, ah, oh, we too, we too. And he said, no, no, you won't. He said, no, we will. And he said, no, you won't. Well, what do you mean you won't? He says, well, why have you got all these idols under your arms and in your tents? If you worship God, the idols will fall down. Amen? You know, we hide our idols under our arms. What idols? The Lord says, if you lift your hands and worship me, the stuff will fall away. And we know that after Joshua, through the book of Judges, there was a, there's a lot of heartache. And it's an extended period. Uh, and the, the rabbis will tell you that the book of Ruth is, should be part of Judges. I mean, some of them, I was listening to some very clever rabbis, so clever I can't understand them, but you know, they're arguing that, you know, the book of Judges, 
I mean, the book of Ruth is kind of part of Judges. Who wrote the book of Ruth? I think Samuel did. It's a magnificent bit of literature. It is an exquisite book for the, for the New Testament church. It will be read every day, uh, every year at the Passover, and um, it's named after a lady, and it's, the, it's kind of a Gentile lady, a, uh, a lady that's outside of the covenant promises, it's like, and the Jews love it, <laughs> and the church even loves it more, amen? It's full of the gospel, and it's full of God's goodness, and it's an epic love story, but it's, it's woven in the whole of the, 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 redemptive, uh, the redemption narrative is a love story, amen? For God so loved the world. And like, you know, don't you believe that I love you, Adam? Here's Eve. Like, ah! it's like unbelievable how much of everything that God does is motivated by love. But he will bring justice. He will clean the house. Amen. Uh, imagine a loving father that lets chaos run in his home. A loving father will protect. He will clean. He will judge. Amen. He will restore. He won't. You say, if you loved us, why did you let this monster into our home, Dad? So, so the Lord is attentive to his people, amen, and he's there. And so this is a story, um, it's an everyday human story. It's kind of like, you know, it's not the story of Esther, this queen, this amazing queen married to a um, a, a Persian king. No, this is, you know, that's, those are grand stories. Those, now, this is an everyday kind of family. It's the Torah or the Pentateuch. Pentateuch means the, in the Greek, the five um, books of the, of, of, the, um, of the Old Testament, the law. Um, it's outplayed. This, there's the Pentateuch. There's all the commands to Israel. And then it's played out in this insignificant kind of poor family uh, modest Bethlehem family, and um, you learn so much about God and His law and His ways and His and um, His His instruction to Israel now manifest in an everyday family. So important is this book that and uh, and the story of Ruth that she is mentioned together in Matthew one with five other ladies. And uh, they're all ladies that kind of, uh, we wouldn't necessarily have, we wouldn't put Rahab, the prostitute, in the genealogy of Jesus. We wouldn't have Tamar, who, who was so insistent upon having children that she disguised herself as a prostitute and slept with her father-in-law, Judah. It's like, what? And then when Judah wants to stone her because she's a prostitute, she says to him, you, you are you the clown. I had to do what I had to do because you were an unrighteous man. Because I, I know that I have to carry within my womb the promises of God. And you denied me that. So I had to disguise myself and, and I had to go to you and be intimate with you to carry on the lineage. And she's included in the lineage of Jesus. And then there's, of course, Ruth the Moabites from an incestuous, broken nation. And there's Bathsheba the... That woman that got involved with David that shouldn't have. And so, and there's, of course, Mary, who's this teenage girl who falls pregnant. And they said, no, no, you, you, you're not, I mean, what do you mean the Lord came upon you? What do you mean you're pregnant from the Spirit? What do you mean an angel visited you? 
And so God brings five ladies to show us that he is for the broken. He is for the outsider. He is for the unseemly. Amen. He is for you and he is for me. And uh, when Jesus came, the religious said, we don't want you. But the sinner said, we want you. And he said, I didn't come for you religious that wanted to kill him and stone him and hang him on a tree. He said, I've come for the broken and the tax collectors and the wayward. You don't need the doctor. You don't need, you're all well, aren't you? You're so well that you're like dead men's bones. You're like tombs. You, but the broken and the lost. And so the, that's why we must know the story of Ruth because we are Ruth. I am Ruth. I am even Naomi. And so we, we need to know the story and soak in the story and, and read the story to one another. If you're battling in your marriage, take the book of Ruth and read it to each other and share about it. It's a story about God's undeserving grace, the gospel. Both Naomi and Ruth experience it. This is living theology. Sometimes you think, what's theology? This is living theology. It's for the housewife. It's for the young and the old widows. The old widows and younger widows in the story. It's about grannies and businessmen and the bereaved and a bachelor called Boaz. A super cool dude. Like he's your, he's unmarried. It's for the backslider. I think Naomi struggled. She was backsliding. It's for the blessed. It's for the pastors. This is a great story. It's for the employers and the employees. It's for the poor. It's for the alien. It's for the generations to come. It's the book of Ruth. It's a book about God's divine providence and it's seemingly like, like what's happening to this family? Like all the men have died. It's like they had the story. It's not the story that should be. There's trouble. People are trying to live and thrive and make a plan and eat. But there is a, the background is God's chastisement. And the Christians are so scared to talk about God's judgment, God's discipline. We mustn't be scared, but there is something of a chastisement. In fact, the, the rabbis say, well, what do you, how can you even ask that question? The, the whole nation had drifted from their devotion to God. Many times the church gets cold. She gets lukewarm. The seven churches, five of them were chastised. They were lukewarm. They were drifting. They thought they were clever. There was an extended season of rebellion against the things of God. And Israel is going into apostasy. Like sheep without shepherds, we see a family, like a sheep without shepherds, we see a family, family foolishly migrate to Moab. What are you doing going to Moab? Well, there's no food here. God is not providing for us. So the daddy sheep and the mommy sheep take their two lamb sheepies or their two lambs and go and live in wolf country. That's what happens. Oh, like, like, like are we just going to do, like, what? That, that, you can't do it. You, you cannot do it as the house of Israel. You can't just, everyone, there was no king in Israel and everyone did fit as they saw in their own eyes. And so, we don't want to be like that. The move would be catastrophic. All three men would die, which is father and two sons, and they would leave no offspring. God was, there was something there we can't say with definitive um, authority. That's what God did. But all we know is the men are gone, and there are no kids. You shouldn't be in Moab, yet God's providence would be there. So these folks are abandoning their faith. They're abandoning 
the grace of God. They're moving away from what they know to be right. They're moving away from God's goodness that presides at that time over Israel. And we're drawn into the life of Naomi and, and the two bereaved daughters-in-law. So you've got three bereaved ladies. God intervenes. We have to read the story with insightfulness. I've been spending days and reading and looking and listening and, and understanding and reading different commentaries. Some, some commentaries horrible. One guy says, you know, you can't find a typology of Jesus in the book of Ruth. I'm thinking, are you nuts? Are you crazy? Thinking surely there is, if, if Jesus could explain himself in all the, in all the books on, and the prophets, what are you saying he's not there? For me, he's all over there. And so you could ask the question, Ruth, Naomi, sorry, Naomi could say, well, why me, God? Why did that happen to me? You know? Often we think, why did it happen to me? Why have I suffered this? Why did my child this? Why did my husband that? Why has God dealt so harshly? Ruth is also bereaved, but she doesn't have the same angst as her mother-in-law. And Naomi, the, the, the religious one. You see, there is a Naomi in me. There is a Naomi in you. If you've walked with God a long time, you can begin to say, Oh, Lord, I don't know why this person did that. I don't know why that person did that. I don't know. And we can have an, an angst, okay? The Lord's hand has gone out against me. I had this ministry, but now the leaders won't recognize me. Or what, or what, or what, or what, or what, or what, or what. Well, this happened. He has brought me misfortune. He's afflicted me. He's emptied me. I was a pleasant person, but now I'm an embittered person. In fact, I'm going to change my identity to bitter. I was pleasant. God was with me. The Lord has made my life very bitter. Naomi, do you know that God's providence is over his gathered people, not his scattered people? Sometimes Christians go out there and they get beat up, man. Beat up. I've been in the ministry long enough. Oh, look, I don't know what God has done. But you left the community of faith. Part of what we do in the morning here is worship. Sometimes worship's super cool, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's eh. But we're a gathered community. There is the blessing of God under his gathered community. Show me in the Bible, shepherd and gathered sheep. And the, he presides over us. And all us clever people, like I was so clever, I said, I don't need to go to church. But actually God says, you won't make it, son. I've got a call in your life. I want to use you, son. In fact, I've got a girl prepared for you. And I want to use her. But you need to submit yourself. You need to come under the, the leaders. But there was no leaders in Israel and everyone did what they saw fits in their own eyes. As is always the case, they leave because there's a drought and they find themselves in Noab. It further escalates the drama. And then she hears, Naomi hears, the bereaved widow, ah, God has come to the rescue of his people. Isn't that amazing? Vulnerable, poverty-stricken. She hears, oh, God is moving. God is in Israel. In Bethlehem, he's gone back. She probably thinks, oh, let me just go and die there. <laughs> I'll go back there and just die there. Um, who knows what was in her heart, you know? I'm embittered. I'm not going to starve in a foreign land. I'll go and die in my own land. Go home. 
got a couple of sisters, maybe an aunt, a cousin. Let me go and die there. At least they'll bury me decently because in Moab, who knows, they might just offer me to their gods. Naomi does everything in her power to jettison her bereaved daughters-in-law to get rid of them. Because they, they're here and they say, okay, let's go back. And then they say, let's go back. And the three of them go back. And then Naomi, in her craziness, in her, in her pain, in her lack of clarity, in her inability to see God, begins to say to her daughters-in-law, go back to, to, go back to your people. Go and find yourself husbands there. Go and find Moabite men. You know those guys that offer their children as sacrifices, that worship these awful gods? She's saying, go back. And God is saying, oh, don't say that, Naomi. And so sometimes we're fighting against the purposes of God. Because, Naomi, I have a plan. Yes, you're bereaved. Yes, it may have not have turned out, but I have a plan for you. Can somebody give me an amen? God has a plan for you, sir. Ma'am, God has a plan for you. Yeah, but no, no, Nick, you don't understand. Well, we may not understand what you've been through, but God is a good God, amen? He is a loving God. He is a kind God. You see, God's grace is brooding all the time. God's, what is God's grace? It's God's kindness. It's his goodness. Grace is something that is, that is unexpected. You don't expect grace sometimes. It's certainly unearned. It is, not, it is undeserved. It is unmerited. Otherwise, it wouldn't be grace. It is unexplainable. You can't explain why, God, did you, were you so kind to that person? Why did you rescue that person? You should have them and take them out. I'm thinking, what's God going to do with Vladimir Putin. On the one hand, I wish God would blotter him, vaporize him. But on the other hand, God said, no, I'm not going to actually, Nick. I'm going to save that brother. You're going to dance in heaven with him. Whew. You can dance there. I'm going to dance there, Lord. You're not going to dance to the same music. It's unfathomable. It's unreasonable. It is scandalous. It is sovereign. It is the goodness of God. Imagine a prophet coming to Naomi and saying, Naomi, don't get rid of Ruth. Who knows what could have happened with Oprah? Why? Because I'm going to save you through her. What? Mr. Prophet, you're nuts. If we could just see ahead a little bit. That's why it's good that we prophesy. When you're in a calamity, unblow the dust. But unblow the dust of the things that God has said of you. What has God said of you? Must have been a difficult time for Ruth. She's saying, listen, sister-in-law is going back, mother-in-law is saying, you must go back. She's saying, but I want to come with you. Must have been a difficult time. Questions in her mind, voices, her emotions. I wonder if they'll accept me. Should I go? I've been told to go, but I don't feel to go. There's something about my embittered mother-in-law and her God. Like I, she must have been in turmoil. Amen? You know, we just read the story and think, oh, look like how that happened. But I'm sure Ruth would have gone through many emotions. Maybe Ruth's parents saying, don't go, don't go. Who knows? I mean, this, if you're in association with this woman, this Jewish mother-in-law of yours, stay here. But uh, who's her great-great-great-grandfather? 
Who's Ruth's great, 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 great grandfather? Yes. Nephew too? Abraham. She's saying, no, nah, man, I've, I've got some faith stirring inside of me. Something's happening to me. Something's happening to Ruth. One is bitter, one's got faith. One's got spiritual energy. I could have expected some confession from Naomi. You almost think, Naomi, isn't this something you need to confess? Isn't this something you need to say to God? Isn't this something that you want to bring out? Isn't this something that you need to talk about? I often think, what did you push for the family to go to Moab? Naomi? Yes, I did. Or did, did your husband go and you, sh- you should have said to your husband, we can't go to Moab. Who, who knows? Because sometimes we're complicit. Sometimes God gives us each other, husband and wife, to be helpmeet. So when I do something silly, Cutty says, what are you doing? When Cutty does something silly, I say, Cutty, what are you doing? Let's go to the elders. Let's talk to the elders. Let's bring this matter out. What comes first, grace or faith? book of Ruth can teach us and help us. Grace and faith working together. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. What does that mean? Don't have time to unpack it. It's not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not by works, so you can't boast. So, so what is the grace of God? What is faith? The promises, they come by faith. So this, this family, they were saying, we, we need the promises of God. Maybe this morning you're saying, you need the promises of God. The promises of God, they come by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, which means all who believe. Okay, just bear with me. Romans chapter 5, verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace. So what is grace and what is faith? And how do they work together to bring us into the purposes of God? Every believer needs grace. Grace is God's goodness moving towards you. Every person, every believer, every human being, that guy on the cross, he, had a, he just had a moment and he received grace. Those guys in that capsule, what is it called that went down? Titan. Kat and I were talking about it. Time to repent. Am I still on? We all need the grace of God. Okay? Everybody needs grace. Faith, which is also a gift, is 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 the hand that receives the grace. You see, faith, which God says to everyone, a measure of faith has been given. So when you hear the gospel, you, you're receiving the good news, you're talking, hearing about Jesus, and in that message, you are given faith. It's like the, the easy metaphor is a child that you go and do all the work to go and buy the child a present. And you do all the work, all the work, and all the child has to do is reach out its hand and say, thank you, mom and dad. Or thank you. And so, so even the hand to receive the grace, the faith hand, is to say yes. So one of the things that, the moment the God moves towards you, the moment God is, 
is doing stuff. All you have to do is say, yes, yes, thank you, yes. Faith is just, faith says yes. Faith says thank you. Faith believes God. I don't know if I can trust you. Hands in pockets. We'll see. You do it. God says, no, I'm giving you grace. I want you to receive it with faith. And that faith, even that I gave to you. But you need to exercise faith. In those days, Ruth chapter 1, Israel had no king. And everyone did as they saw fit in their own eyes. Grace was there all over the place, but faith had left. Had no more. The grace of God over Israel was his presence, was his people was the temple, was he, 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 his, the grace of God was there. The Torah was there. The, 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 it was early on, but he, the, the seas had been parted. The armies had been chased. They were under the grace of God, but they began to, their, their faith levels went down. Brothers and sisters, our faith levels can go down and down. I was watching Ruth and Merv got a second flood. Same as the first I was joking, I was joking. I didn't see um, um, Mervyn. You haven't been hit by the flood, have you? Or something like that. He had already sent a message to the elders and they've been hit again. I thought, oh, big test, eh, Ruthie? Big test, that. I said, cut if it was me, I would have thought, oh, Lord, I don't know about what you are. Here you are. All the furniture, out. All the cupboards, out. All the stuff, out. All the clothes, out. Lord, you are good. He's certainly good. He sends a couple of people to fix it. <laughs> the grace of God suddenly is there. Oh, Lord, what about the flight? Just check, check all the people, man. Hey, that's good. Faith. Okay, I mustn't get distracted. We are a people that has a king. His name is Jesus. If the leaders begin to preach another Christ, leave the church. Can I say that again? If the, if the leaders are preaching another gospel, and uh, they're coming with their own ideas, they're doing what they see fit in their own eyes, they sit in the upper room and they're coming out with a different thing than the Bible, best you go. But we have a king and we proclaim him, amen? And we look at him. And he presides over us. And that's why the elders are not the big shots with big titles and fancy parkings. Even though I must confess I do take the parking I shouldn't take sometimes. And I feel bad. I think, oh Lord, I'm sure I can just park there. But, but, but actually Jesus is the king. There is no great apostle or great prophet in this church. There are servant-hearted leaders. But there is another. His name is Jesus. And we proclaim him. Amen. Amazing gift this elders got or this deacons got. Amazing, amazing, amazing. No, they, if they've got anything, it was by grace. But we have a king and we're not going to do what we see fit in our own eyes. So we will not marry men and men and women and women because the Bible says, ah, 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 ah. we will not say of a man he is a, a lady and a lady he is a man because we, 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 we have a king. That's why right now in the world, the whole world saying, saying, did we, did we make a right call here? No, some of you leaders in the world have not made the right call. You've ripped God out. You have no king, and the people are running wild. We proclaim his power, his kingship, 
his leadership, his authority, his word, the power of his spirit. The church has a king. His name is Jesus. He rules. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Here it comes. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. You may be struggling with ungodliness, but you will say, Lord, I want your grace to teach me to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controls, upright and godly lives. Grace to us and then grace from us. Once you receive the grace of God, once you realize you're not the person you thought you were, you're not such a perfect person, (laughs) you're not so amazing, that after you've listed, I've listed all the sins and other people, the Lord says, now can we talk about your sin, Nick? Mm-hmm. I'm as broken as the brother and sister that I find so easy to criticize and easy to point out their sin. And the Lord says, okay, Nick, you've done that for about three years now. Can you stop? No, no, no. No, we're going to keep. And he says, okay, now I'm going to reveal to you, son, your sin. And when he reveals your sin to you, you think, I'm sorry, Lord. Grace towards us. He says, Nick, if I took my hand off your life, you would do worse than that, brother. They just have never had the grace of God upon their lives. So walk humbly. I'm sorry, I'm going off at a tangent. She says she goes back. So I'm going back. She's a prodigal. Naomi's a prodigal. She's like the prodigal says, at least there's food in my father's house. I'm starving with the pigs. She's in the pigsty, Naomi. She's in Moab. It's not a good place. She says, hey, I'm going back. Good move, amen. What are you doing, uh, Ruth? I mean, uh, Naomi, are you like, I'm coming back. Come back, girl. Come back. Mm, you look a bit funny. Yeah, no, I'm broken, man. It's okay. Let's pray for you. You know what I'm saying? Is that the grace of God? She goes out towards grace. She grows. It's an act of faith. Amen. She pushes away um, her daughters-in-law. That's not a good move, okay? We're learning lessons here. Sometimes don't, pray, don't say to people, I'm going to move in with my boyfriend. It's not fine. It's not fine. It is not fine. Oh, you know, my son and daughter, they're, no, parent, Pray. Say no to them. But if I say no, they won't visit us. Say no to them. My mom said, my dad said no. Because then the spirit of God begins to move in that child. Where am I in my notes? lost them so, so, so she, she, she begins to God's moving but I want to leave these, these in-laws out leave them out God says don't leave them out don't leave them out don't urge me to leave you you see what's happening is I believe that Ruth is being visited by the spirit Ruth is, is, is having grace towards her. So this is what she says. She says, don't, if, if I can speak about this with a moment of, on, on the side of the road, 
This is what she says. Don't urge me to leave you. Like, don't get excited. No, no, no. Mother-in-law, do not urge me to leave you. You see, there's, there's action happening here. Or to turn back from you. Do not urge me to do that. You've been urging me for the fourth time. And she says, would you stop, mother-in-law? Stop urging me because God is something else. I don't know, I can't explain it. It's happening. Where you go, I'm going to go. That's so important. And we've spoken about that. There's no separation. There can be no fracture between us. Why, woman? I don't know, but God is moving. God is doing something. Where you go, I go, okay? <laughs> so, so where are you going to go? I just want to tell you, in case you're mistaken, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to stick with you like, can I say poo in a blanket? <laughs> I'm, I'm not leaving you. you, you we're going to go together. And where you stop and where you stay, I'm going to be staying. Just like Moses saying, Lord, because she would have known that story probably. No, no, actually Moses, no, no, she would have known the story, sorry. She, she, no, no, the, the, the Lord has stopped. No, we stop. We're not going anywhere. Then the Lord is moving and she's using the same kind of language. Your people will be my people. I'm, I want to adopt the community of God. I used to think, Lord, I don't know about these Christians. I was a cool Durban rubbish. And I, I don't like the people in the church. They had all suits. The guy said, you can't come to church without a suit. So I used to have a brown suit. I used to go to church as a 19-year-old in a brown suit <laughs> with a tie on Sunday. My friend said, what has happened to you, bro? I thought, I don't want to wear this stupid suit, but God was moving I couldn't stay away, amen? These are my people, but they're funny. They've got broad cream in their hair. <laughs> now, these are my people. I'm going to redeem you, son. Your God, my God. But you have gods. No, I have now one God. Confession of faith. And there, and where you die, I'm going to die. You're not going to separate me. God is breathing. That's a faithful church. I mean, that's a community that walked together. That's the brothers. We were sitting to on a Zoom, and some, a brother said, I need help. This is leader. I need help. Would you keep this confidential? Yes. Just we sat in silence. The, the pain poured out. What happens? Zoom, incredible. Begin to pray, begin to weep, begin to care for each other. Your people are my people. I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. These are leaders, guys. These are frontline men and women hurting. I'm be buried with you. No, nothing. She uses the name and the Lord Yahweh, your God. She it's it's a, it's a, it's a big word. She's and and the Lord Yahweh. She uses the personal name of God. Let him deal with me, be it ever so severely. If anything but death separates you and me, it's the great, most decisive confession of faith and love in all literature. Study it, teach it, live it, believe it. This comes out of the mouth of our belief. Can I say this? Spiritual license. A spirit-filled believer. Her name is Ruth. Somehow God has visited her like he's done throughout the ages. He just moves upon people. She becomes an on-fire believer. What did he just say? Just say that again. 
I think that Naomi should have been slain in the spirit. She should have fallen over. People fall over. Actually, after those words, I would expect Naomi to be like overwhelmed, fainted with the power of God coming out of this person's mouth. Okay. She becomes unstoppable. She becomes a, a tractor, a, like a tank, just rolling with God. You can't stop her. Beautiful. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, can this buy me? They were stirred, but they didn't do anything. They didn't come out with food. You know, people can be stirred, and people think, wow, that's amazing, but no one does anything. Quite an interesting theologian said they, they were stirred, but they did nothing. What were they stirred about? What city was stirred when somebody arrived? Nineveh, yes. Good one, Chris. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Same. whole city was stirred. Who is this, they asked. Naomi had a relative of her husband's side, so they arrived, everyone stirred. They're thinking, oh, what's happened to this lady? She was like pleasant, but she's a bit bitter, and she scolds them. She says, don't call me pleasant, I'm embittered. So she's still struggling, but the daughter-in-law has got faith. And so Grace begins, and Grace activates uh, Ruth to go out to find food. And she wants to, she says, can I go into the fields and pick up leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes I find favor? Naomi says, go, my daughter. And off she goes. And so she exercises faith. She says, God, I'm excited about the things of God, man. So, but no one's helping. So she says, don't worry. I'm going to go and glean. I'm going to exercise faith. Go glean. Go and be a beggar. Go and be an alien. And she goes and she finds faith. She's not like one of the greats, you know, this Deborah or Miriam or Esther, the prophetess. No, she's just a nobody. She's just a poor Moabites. She's a widow, man. She's like, oh. But she's going to be, be brought into the lineage of Jesus, okay? So they so began to glean in the fields, uh, Ruth chapter 2, with the harvesters. I'm not going to quote all the, all the scriptures. As it turned out, she found herself working faith. She's working, she's exercising, she's God's, God's doing something, and she responds with faith, and she finds herself in a field belonging to Boaz from the tribe of Elimelech. Oh, there's grace and there's faith. There's Boaz, there's favor, there's faith, because they can, all you want, but she's at home moping, she's at home sulking, she's at home bereft, but she's not. She's in the fields, she's working. She's doing what she has to do. Boaz asks, whose young woman is that? Who's that? That's grace. That's when, you see, you noticed, who is that? Who? God is noticing, and so grace moves towards her. She's worked steadily from morning until now, except for a short rest. That's her faith. Boaz to Ruth, my daughter, don't go and glean in another field. Don't go away from here. That's grace. So you have, you have faith and grace. She's working. Uh, Boaz is noticing. Then she keeps on working harder. He says, don't leave this field. It's, it's faith and grace and faith and grace. They catalyze each other. Is that okay, Francois? Whenever you're thirsty, he says, go and drink from the water jars the men have filled. But I'm just a beggar. I'm an alien. I'm a foreigner. No. 
There's water. Whoever is thirsty, let him come and drink. It's all there, brothers and sisters, the whole gospel story. Ruth bows to the ground in worship. I have found such favor in your eyes. You notice me a foreigner. Grace. So you have these two working together. You cared for Naomi. We heard you were amazing. You've come to live with the people you didn't know before. You're a woman of faith. Here's grace. May the Lord richly reward you. So what happens is as she does what she does, Boaz begins to bless. He begins to speak. He begins to prophesy. May the Lord richly reward you under whose wings you have taken refuge. He begins to prophesy. There's grace. Boaz offered her grain. She ate all she wanted. What's all happening in, in Ruth chapter 2? She eats all she wanted and she had some left over. Who's that? The feeding of the 5,000. There's some left over. She's charred her full, man. She's eaten everything. What? Pizza, pasta, everything. And now she goes home sh- 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 to her mother in law. That auntie. Oh. Grace. Men, pull out the stalks. Normally they just let whatever falls. No, no, pull out the stalks. There's, a, there's one that I'm blessing. Just pull. This, this lady, she gets more and more grace. Ruth is unstoppable. Nothing can stop. Once the rivers of grace and faith begin to flow, they flow into each other and they bless each other. Amen? Stay close to the servant girls until the harvest is finished. What? Faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Stay there until the harvest is finished. That's what Boaz says. Did I not go until the harvest, until the barley and the wheat harvest is over? Stay there. I'm, I'm out of here. I've got enough. I'm going to go to another field. <laughs> no, I'm staying in this field. Amen? Ruth chapter 3. Go and wash. I'm not going to be much longer. What's the time? Wash, perfume yourself, put on your best clothes. Go to the threshing floor. Suddenly, um, Naomi's waking up out of a stupor. Suddenly, she's saying, maybe God's here. Maybe God's on my bereaved Moabite's daughter-in-law. Perhaps God wants to be good to her. I see Boaz is doing the stuff. She's awakening. She's reviving. Amen? She has this brilliant advice for her daughter-in-law. Wash, perfume yourself, put on your best clothes, go to the threshing floor. Faith, she says, I'll do it. She, she exercises faith. I said last week, that's an embarrassing thing, mother-in-law. I'm going to go and offer myself to this Boaz boy key. I mean, he's a nice boy, but I don't know. Like, we're not like this. Put pss, 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 perfume on. Comb your hair, madam. Whatever, I don't know. But it is a love story. <laughs> I hope I haven't offended anybody. I will do whatever you say. The obedience that comes from faith. Who was like that? Who would do anything that the Lord commanded? David. Who's David? He learned from his great, 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 great granny Ruth. That what Ruth did, David does. Whatever you say, whatever the Lord said, David did. Why? Why can you obey the Lord so easily? I don't know. Uh, didn't, wasn't your grandmother great, great? Ruth, didn't she just do anything that her mother-in-law said? You've got that same blessing on your life. You can just tie it, weave it through and through and through. 
<laughs> he's startled. He says, who's this lady lying? Who's it lying at my feet? She's got faith. Now she's got boldness. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are my kinsman redeemer. Who came to the feet of Jesus? Poured everything on his feet. Mary of Bethany. She says, if Ruth could do it, I could do it. Jesus blesses that lady like, like you can't believe. She kisses his feet. She, she, in fact, gives herself. She brings perfume at his feet. I've only saw that now. The Lord is even helping me as I preach. Maybe the scent woke him. It's an unusual scent. Isamiyaki. That scent filled the room. There's somebody that's desiring God. And so it rolls on and on. Spread the corner of your garment over me. You see, some of us guys, it's okay as to say, Lord, please would you bless me. But no, yeah, okay, we, some of us need money. And you can say, God, I need finances, please. God, I'm sorry for the way I've dealt with my finances. I'm sorry for my fear, my insecurity, my bad spending. I'm going to go and find somebody to walk with. But I'm asking you, Lord, out of your grace, to bless me financially. Perhaps if you feel that you are, you, you, you want to, you're saying, Lord, I want, a, I want a spouse. If I was in your shoes and I was lonely, I would probably say, Lord, please give me a spouse. Please give me a spouse, God. I don't know why I say that. Please change the season. I've got a, a derelict child. Cover me. Bless you, my daughter. As, as Boaz blesses her, grace coming. I'll do all that you ask. Request granted. It just goes on and on. Boaz redeems the land, acquires Ruth the Moabites, and he marries her. It just comes. It's just unbelievable story. Then the elders begin to prophesy. Grace coming, faith receiving, faith, faith walking, extending. I believe what you're saying. You're a good God. Then the elders and said, may the Lord make this woman who's coming into your home. Now Boaz gets blessed like Rachel and Leah who together builds the house of Israel. Grace flowing, honor flowing to Boaz. It's amazing that God gives us a Boaz in our lives. God gives us leaders. I've learned never to badmouth a leader that God gave me, even if he's made mistakes. Because I as a leader have made mistakes. People speak like a man like Dudley Daniel. This church is here because of a man like Dudley Daniel. Oh, Dudley, this and that. I hear people say, I'm saying, you know, that's why you're in the bush. That's why you're in the bush. And you're out of God's purposes because you keep honor. Thank you for Boaz. Thank you for Fred Roberts. Thank you for Bob Trench. Thank you for Neville MacDonald. Thank you for Kim Clement. Thank you for Chris Vinant. Thank you for Sean Dooley. Thank you for Rob Rufus. Thank you for my life group leader. Amen. And, and, and so they begin to bless Boaz. And so it goes on and on. And may, this, this, may you be famous. May you be highly favored, etc., etc. As I land, conclusion. It's a great story. It's a great story to say, Lord, what can you teach me from this? 
I want grace, but Lord, my levels of faith are low. Teach me. I want to read the story. Grace is what God has done. Faith is what you're expected to do, even though he enables you. Amen? Grace is the gift and faith is the hand that receives it. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Jesus lays down his life, his equality with God, his fellowship, his dignity, his righteousness, so that he can give you all of his goodness. Faith says, thank you, thank you, thank you. What do you require of me? If you feel ungraced and struggling with unbelief, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Say, Parakletos, I have lost my joy. I have, my faith is ebbing. I've only got little bit, little bit, tiny, tiny faith. Holy Spirit, fill me, help me, teach me. What are the prophetic promises over your life? God is good. Don't be afraid to repent. Don't be afraid. Repentance is a gift, brothers and sisters. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. It's a gift offered. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. If there's any offensive way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. And that's the end of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. They've got this little oaky called Obed. Yeah, that's it. Job done. They disappear off the faces of the scripture. Did your job. Nothing is said of Ruth. Be cool to meet her one day. Ruth, tell us a bit more. Naomi, how are you doing? Are you smiling? No, no, I'm smiling, man. I nursed that boy. God was good. Boaz, oh no. My mother was Rahab. I know the goodness of God. Thank you for listening.